In this podcast episode, we will explore the fascinating and critical realm of cybersecurity in outer space. With an increasing number of satellites orbiting the Earth, space has become a new frontier for cyber attacks. We'll dive into the challenges and risks of satellite hacking and discuss the measures being taken to protect space-based assets. I am fascinated about delving into this conversation. Uh, for any of you that haven't checked out Quarter Cloud, space is a huge part of our branding and our look and our feel. And that all came about because we were so passionate about the fact that cybersecurity is really about protecting what matters. And what matters to us as a company was our planet, our people, our animals, our ecosystem, where we live, our data, everything that, you know, makes human beings human beings. So I'm really excited to pick up on Amanda's thoughts on this and what this potentially could mean for us for the future. Amanda, welcome to the podcast. Um, Thank you so much for joining and actually being really proactive of wanting to talk about your passion and your topic. Um, For the audience who may not be aware of yourself, um, uh, would you be able to introduce yourself a little bit of history, um, how you're in your role today? And then obviously offline, you've talked about all your your passions and all the things that you want to do in the future. Could you bring the audience to speed on all that? Yeah, definitely. Thank you for having me, firstly. Uh, So I'm Amanda Crossley, and I currently work as a cybersecurity business analyst in BAE Systems. I'm on the path to becoming a security architect, which is uh, designing the security around systems and networks. Mm. Um, So my passion start within cyber started around about a couple of years ago when I started my degree. I'm now doing a degree in cybersecurity. And um, from there, I ended up getting a role within BAE Systems. I started as an InfoSec analyst. So I learned about all data transmission, how we should protect things. And then I've moved into this role now 18 months on, which is incredible, the Mm. stuff that you can learn from actually being involved in it. Um, So what I'm talking about today with regards to space security is a side passion of mine. Um, I do hope to do a PhD in space security at some point in the future. So this is um, a lot of my research that I'm currently doing and I'm currently delving into. And yeah, I'm excited to be speaking about this and highlighting space security issue even more. Amazing. Just to rewind back a little bit, because we're also really passionate about the podcast of trying to get people into cybersecurity, even more Mm -hmm. so women. Um, It feels like it's been a natural progression into cybersecurity. But if you look back to Amanda, uh, maybe at school or, uh, uh, you know, high school, what was the passions there? Like where where was the what was the career development and how did you end up? Because personally for myself, cybersecurity wasn't on my pin board. So uh, (laughs) what was what was yours? Uh, no, so <laughs> I, I I was very cliche. I wanted to be a vet. Nice. <laughs> at, at okay. Yeah. Um, however, I was told that I wasn't good enough um, mm. by the teachers there. I wasn't. Yeah. And then so I said, right, okay, I'll go into computing. And okay. again, the teachers actually said I wasn't good enough. So, Great <laughs> so teachers. I actually left with, no, it's kind of like ironic now. Yeah. So I, I left with minimal uh, qualifications. Um, I did kind of got off on into college and uh, I did a tiny bit of software development which I just didn't gel with I didn't Mm. I didn't like designing websites and cyber really even though it was a thing back then it wasn't a thing if you know what I mean so it wasn't really highlighted as an issue back then and I'm making myself sound really old right now um but it's it 
it was it, i think back then you had to progress through um engineering and development so it wasn't there was no courses for cyber um so from there after i did a, a, a few things i went into full-time employment mm-hmm. and i worked from then really i'm ex i'm forces so i was in the royal okay. navy and that's where my love for defending came from right um in the, and it, it started with obviously defending our country but it's kind of grown to a very very cliche of i want to defend the world i love that <laughs> i know it sounds quite futuristic and hollywood no no but, yeah but it, it all starts with us down here to be able to do to be able to look after everything up there so yeah that's where it's all it's all kind of nicely um gone into a full circle really i love that i mean when we were rebranding quarter cloud or the strap line is protecting what matters because we came from exactly the same premise of you've got to protect your people and the earth and what we've got around us and that's the whole driving force before you can you know start doing anything else so very very similar drivers and and passions so this topic i'm going to be honest i haven't even delved into the space conversation before so i'm very excited about it too so i guess for me an introduction to it um i guess uh maybe is the thing that we're thinking about is it the satellite side of things and hacking what what does cybersecurity and outer space actually mean so this is quite a broad concept. Okay. So when we're, when we're talking about hacking satellites, which is doable in a sense of the ones that are in our orbit, mm. we have to actually take a step back. So obviously all the satellites that are out there are manned by things on the ground. So they've right. got base stations. And it's those base stations that can get hacked into and obviously if people are partnering up with other um suppliers then you've got your supply chain risk and things like that however what i am really really interested in is how hackers bypass the ground stations and get into the communications of the satellites which has been done and is doable okay so me being a little bit naive what what are they accessing from a satellite that is dangerous it depends which satellites to go into so you've if you've got your you've got your world and you have three orbits basically so you've got your lower earth orbit which is the closest to the earth Mm -hmm. and what that has is your your your, uh, scientific satellites tend to be in there so any satellites that need a quicker communication to the earth would yeah. sit in there okay. and then you've got your your medium earth orbit i'm using my hands and realizing that nobody can see this that's fine but you, <laughs> so <laughs> visualization we're, we're now doing more circles on the outside everyone listening we've got it yeah we've got it <laughs> yeah just imagine another circle <laughs> <laughs> and in in that one you tend to have your navigation and your gps okay which are the ones that are the the ones that are quite interesting in terms of hackers. Okay. So um, I'm going to sound like I'm picking on Russia a little bit, and I don't mean to. However, with all the research yeah. I've done, it just seems to that Russia keeps popping out of the ones that are doing things in space at the moment. So if we go back to 2022, um, Russia actually hacked into a US um, company called Viasat, and they are um, a base station on, on the Earth. And uh, what they did was they started jamming the satellites which were hovering going over Ukraine. And that was l- just before they invaded Ukraine. So they wiped out all the satellites. So no images to get through. 
they actually did the same thing which Elon Musk has said to his Starlink satellites. So when he announced that um, he was going to help keep Ukraine online, yeah. they again, they started jamming all of his satellites as they were over Ukraine. So they could, and that happened for several hours. So nobody could get actually any images or um, any navigations from those sorts of satellites. But there's other things that the that hackers could do. So you could they could potentially get into a satellite and they could feed it a malicious code in and send that back down to Earth. So use it as a, a weapon against yeah. ourselves. These haven't actually been done, but it's something that is a possibility. And then they could actually just steer it off track and crash it into something else. And then as soon as, obviously, a crash happens in space, we have no control over that debris at all. Of course, And right, that could yeah. just have a, catalog- a catalyst effect on everything else surrounding. So it is a serious and a major issue. And the security behind satellites isn't actually that great, unfortunately. Okay. And if they, I mean, if they were to do that with your your defence background, is that Mm. like a declaration of war? Like, if they were to take someone's satellite out, or what? Where? What? What is the boundaries between that? Or is there not? Because this is just a whole new thing. Because this is such a new thing, there is no rules and regulations. Just like with other things that come onto the market like um, AI and things like that, they tend to kind of run with it and then figure out that there's issues and then say, oh, we need to start putting regulations. I mean, you have got the Outer Space Treaty, which basically says that no one can own space. No one can own the moon, for example, and we we all live in harmony in space type of thing. However, not every country has signed that. So you've got your major countries like China, Russia, who haven't signed this treaty. So uh-huh. it then comes around to will we have kind of like a NATO situation? So will the people that have signed the treaty or signed the uh, regulations, will they form a little thing? So if something does happen, then they all become allies. Who knows? But they do. there does need to be more strict and more regulations in space and this isn't just from a warfare perspective it's more from a just a a space junk perspective as well Mm. so in uh, in the orbit at the moment there's around about what they can track it's 35,000 objects of 10 centimeters uh, size larger and that's the only ones that they can track and that doesn't mean that they're all operational. So the operational satellites that we have, there's around about eight to 9,000. So all wow. the rest of that are either sat in what we call the, the graveyard, which is higher than the third um, mm. orbit that I was talking about earlier. And that's and in within that graveyard, there's about 150 to 200 what they class as dead satellites, but they're still fully functional. So you could easily get into those if you could, if you knew how to. And there was um, a gentleman who, a PhD student, who went to an event called the Black Hat in Las uh, Las Vegas. And he did a lot of studies around this. And he said he looked into the security of satellites and he was actually stunned that a lot of them don't even meet the basic basic security settings. So he was easily 
able to to get into them just with a few basic codes, which is quite oh scary. God. Okay, that's a lot. So the graveyard ones, are they just ones yes. that we decided not to use or we lost control of them or how did they end up in graveyard? Right, so in the in the lower and possibly the medium orbit, um, usually the engineers will, because the, the, every satellite only has a certain lifespan right. of so many years. When they get put into the, the lower uh, Earth orbit, with the regulations, they have to be brought back down after 25 years. They can't just stay up there forever. So they usually fuel them. So then the little few they have left, they can turn them around and bring them back into the atmosphere where they'll either burn up or they'll just crash into the sea, which is another space graveyard. Um, oh, but when it comes oh. to, yeah, yeah, it's in the South Pacific Ocean somewhere, there's a little a little graveyard for where everything just hits. Oh, my gosh. Um, but in the, um, in the graveyard in space, so these are for um, satellites that are on the, the outer orbit. So within that outer orbit, um, those sorts of satellites are kind of like your weather ones. So mm-hmm. they're satellites that would move. Um, within the same rotation of the Earth, because that's how fast they move. Okay. Um, the closer to the Earth they are, the quicker around the Earth they move. So okay. when the Saturn is higher one, um, they've got the same rotation-ish. So they're usually weather ones where they're just locating, right. uh, facing a certain region mm-hmm. and, and monitoring that. Because of the way that satellites are designed and how much fuel they can hold, they haven't. It takes a lot of fuel to be able to bring them back into the Earth because of the gravitational pull. Yeah. Um, so there, there isn't a lot of fuel maneuver to get them from all the way out there. Which I think it's thirty. It might be actually it's more than thirty six thousand kilometers away from Earth um, to get back into our atmosphere. So what they do is they push them into this graveyard so that's where they are currently sat and at the moment there isn't much going on in the way of trying to get them back home Um, there is somewhere along the line of talks of zombie sats (laughs) so there is trying to bring them back to life to be able to turn them around but again if they've no fuel they won't be able to do anything with them they'll just be sat there orbiting unfortunately so we're we're creating mess in space too (laughs) yeah yeah so that i mean we do talk about hackers and what they can do and and that is a massive issue in itself because we're trying to defend our planet against ourselves which is ridiculous really um however when you've got space junk like i said before we can't control that and yeah we are creating effectively a massive junkyard where we're going to have no means of even taking off in the future, never mind bringing anything back down. Oh, that's a lot to unpack. Okay, so... <laughs> <laughs> okay. But the satellites... So not to be on the negative of all this, but satellites are a huge no. asset as well. Yes, definitely, yeah. And how... Yeah, satellites like, amazing. So... On on that side of things, what how is that technology, and how do you think on a positive note that satellites are are I mean are they supporting us from a cybersecurity posture? Are they not? And also, how are they supporting us on our kind of like our daily lives? We rely on satellites constantly, and 
even before um well before I, do, I started looking into cyber and things like that um i never i, I looked up at the stars i was like oh that's pretty mm. but i never actually thought about it so me talking to you now we need a satellite me um, doing my work from home i need a satellite so communications you've got your banking the weather so we rely on them a lot and um we use it for intelligence we use it for surveillance we use it for uh, prior warnings maybe for a natural disaster okay. so we do you we do need satellites to be able to do what we're doing now but it, like i said earlier it does start from us down here because we control what's up there definitely yeah and it's just it is just the little thing so even though people might not think that them protecting themselves at home and their own data and their own assets can help but it does massively help it stops hackers from getting in to our systems and finding things out because everything's updating so quickly because technology is moving so fastly um hackers are always kind of one step ahead yeah. and at the moment especially with satellites as well we're, we're kind of going all right so we'll have to wait to see what they can do then we know how to protect it which is kind of madness it, isn't it it is, but they are doing things. They are they are trying. What would be a motivator for though for a hacker to go after a satellite? What's their what's their motivation behind that? They have to be very sophisticated to do anything like this. So a lot of them are backed by the national states that they're living in. Right. So for example, if you have got the Chinese, the Russians, the US, or whatever, and they're doing whatever they want to, whatever they mean need to they're probably backed by the state so it's probably their own governments telling them what they need and why okay. so it'll be for their own countries um objectives are whatever they need so you could um for example you could get sensitive data from satellites um like i said before you can get it if you can get into another country's satellite their means of communication you can get in via that way mm. How I like to see it is everything that's connected, I, I can't, even though it's invisible, I see it as like a line or a wire. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So once you can get in, you can just come back through down because it's just traffic at the end of the day and you just travel with that traffic into a system. I'm if you can imagine that. what would happen if they hacked into a banking satellite, for example, that we that we would heavily rely on. That's mm. that's just absolutely, that would be detrimental if they took any of that down because money is invisible these days. And if you think about it, the banks they don't hold money anymore like like they used to. So going in and saying, "No, oh, I had this much money in the account and your systems down," they're like, "I don't know how much you had in." Yeah, so yeah, yeah. it could massive effect it could have. Okay, so there's 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 motivate the motivation is money like country versus country rather than just an individual person probably playing around trying to get into a satellite. Although, that could that be possible if you're quite a smart kid? It, it could be possible. Yeah. Um, however, the I, th I think the motivations behind it would be for a group thing rather than... Because even, yeah, even though satellites are so vulnerable, um, be, being able to do that, you would need a group of people personally that's what my opinion would be to actively try and work on it constantly um for one individual to do it out of fun maybe maybe they could have well i, I say maybe it, it can happen because they do have like um hackathons and things like yeah, that in america yeah. um yeah. so they do they, they, there is one um 
there is an event that happened this year called Hackersat. So they purposely put a sandbox satellite in the lower orbit for com- a competition of teams to actually actively hack into and see if it's doable or not. And they proved it was doable. Um, so so the, you can do it on your own, but I can't see there being much financial because that would be the only motivator that would they would have if they're not backed by a nation state. Would it? It would literally just be for finance, and I think it'll be more trackable that way. Have we? Has there been any significant hacks on a satellite or attempts that were? I mean, you've mentioned the Russian one. Has there been anything else that we may not? Because um, it's not really done on the media. Like we talk about the wars that we talk about, but we don't really talk about the battle on the cyber perspective, do we? We always talk about what's happening on the ground, but we never talk about what's going on. You know, with people's servers or are they targeting certain things, you know? Yeah, so there isn't much in the way of the media, not the media, but there isn't very much of documentation of satellites actively being hacked into. Like okay. like I said, there's then, there's then two jamming situations. And jamming seems to be the biggest thing at the moment rather okay. than taking over a satellite. So okay. there was an instance, I think it was 2021, where the US were with some NATO allies in Norway and they were doing military exercises and they reported again the Russians had jammed the signals. So it actively affected their exercise that they were doing at the time. Um, one, No one has claimed these things so usually the hackers when they do ransomware and things like that they claim their attacks yeah. but none of these have actually been claimed yet so okay. whether they uh, have happened i'm not saying they've not but we, we it's just kind of come to a dead end there was okay. an incident for again from russia again i said i do sound like i'm picking on them but they're just, good, they're just good at getting the satellites obviously clearly or the ones that are most yeah, interested really. in them yeah unless we've not seen who any other countries doing that, I'm unsure. But again, they um, actively um, cyber attacked uh, NASA. Uh, and that okay. was 2020 to 2021, they claimed. And that was called a solar winds. And it was just basic. The, it wasn't specifically NASA that they hacked into. They hacked into nine massive facilities. Uh, but NASA seemed to be the one. But from the back out, back end of that, luckily they didn't get very far. From the back end of that, though, it has made NASA realise we've got to up our game when it comes to cyber. And I think slowly, especially when... And the anti-missile, anti-satellite missile was sent off in 2021. Um, when that happened, everyone's starting to look now like, right, there is a really serious issue that we're clearly not addressing. Mm. And yesterday, the EU Council um, put out their space strategy, highlighting these issues and highlighting the need for it to be done more. And they're actually now recognising that cybersecurity and space actually combined and interconnect which is which is brilliant because when you come to have a look at job roles within cyber and within the space sector there isn't any because they're relying on the engineers or the developers at the moment who are creating these systems but unfortunately they don't have the security awareness or the security knowledge to fully implement the controls needed so it's never at the top of the the mindset to actually implement first and working in cyber we see it everywhere where the implement the the runoff and go yeah let's do this and then the halfway down or right the way down of the design just before 
letting it out loose, they got, yeah, we might need some security on this. Yeah. And it's too late by that point. Right. Oh, it's a lot of money wasted. Yeah, where everyone's trying to change it, isn't it? Like security by design. So it yeah. starts starts from the beginning. It starts from, from from yeah, conception of creating something rather than just a, a tag on the end to, to make sure that it works. Um, yeah, yeah, definitely. What with the, I mean, I'm going off piece on here, but with the commercialization of trying to Sorry get about. to space quicker, it's all right. We love a dog. <laughs> what breed is that? She's a Doberman. Oh. <laughs> She's copy. Oh, I was just going back with like the commercialization of trying to get to space, whether it's Virgin or Elon Musk or things like that. Mm-hmm. Is it also imperative that we think about this, especially as it's going to might potentially be that people travel there for their holidays and go on a little trip? Like, you know, it's we're kind of breaking boundaries, aren't we now and going into new places? It's so protecting people. I mean, I guess if you can take a satellite out, you could potentially take out one of these voyages or hack onto that or i mean i guess anything's possible yeah definitely so it wasn't that long ago where i read an article and they were thinking about putting a hotel in space and it was like a donut shaped and i was like that is absolutely amazing but again on the other on the flip side like you say what if that could get hacked into a hotel on earth can get hacked into that surely could get hacked into but then it's giving the attackers more motivation to hack into it because you've got people's personal details up there you've got credit card information as if they've used it up there or maybe they've used it down here on on the earth where whoever is running that hotel so they get hacked into so it's giving a wider audience of hackers uh, more of a financial motivator to want to do that and also the, 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 the first people that's going to be able to mm-hmm. afford to go up to a donut show hotel and space is also probably something that's got a little bit more money than myself so i'm guessing there's more <laughs> motivation on that the fact that it's going to be a particular type of person that wants to go and stay in a hotel in space yeah yeah exactly you, you can guarantee it's like with these um the first um public space where they had the flights and into the lower orbit um, yeah. with uh, Richard Branson. It was just a certain clientele yeah. <laughs> that, you, that, that did that. So, yeah, it's definitely going to be certain clientele. Who wants to be up there first? Of course, until it until it kind of trickle downs and, and yeah. they let us, you know, let us with our pocket change go there. <laughs> um, <laughs> one day, you never know. Uh, but... I think everything's going to have its risk and you cannot mitigate against every single risk, but we can try and prevent it. Sitting back and doing nothing is obviously, it's not, it's going to lead to massive consequences. Mm. So being able to just, just do something to for ourselves just within this, this space that we've got at the minute, um, we, we do need to act more. I say we, um, it's more those in charge that need to act more. The they're slowly the getting there, but we see it time and time again where they just they just don't get a move on until something bad happens. We, you touched on the Outer Space Treaty. Do mm-hmm. you think that these agreements, you said that they're getting better. They have identified that cybersecurity and space are you can't ha- you can't separate them. But do you think we are behind on legislation and frameworks when it comes to these things? Like I know there's more things in our in down here with like, you know, you've got like things like Dora and GDPR and, um, you know, NIST, NIST2, all these sorts of things that come out. Do you think that's the future for space too? Yeah, it has to be. It's the only logical thing I can personally think of. 
But like I was saying earlier, unfortunately with the treaty, and no matter what regulations you're going to put in place, um, unless the countries actively sign up to it and agree to it, which they're not going to, mm. we're, we're kind of we're kind of stuck. Yeah. Um, I mean, at the moment, you can, you can launch a satellite from any country, but it depends where that, that, uh, the company is actually based. That's what the rules that they they're underneath. Okay, they're to, yeah. So we, yeah, so we could like we could launch a satellite tomorrow from um, the USA, for example, but we would be governed by the UK and the UK legislation because this is where our company was founded and based. Mm. Um, so it would be very very tricky to kind of force everyone to to sign something. I mean, the treaty is. Is great. It does need updating. Obviously, it was. I think it was in the eighties. It was created, or it might have been earlier than then. Mm. Um, so it it really does need updating and to implement cybersecurity. I mean, just saying to people, let's be nice. It, I don't think it's going to wash. I wish it would. Though. It would be much nicer I if we all it. just like let's just be nice and let's play along and let's not go after space and a way yeah. of protecting it. Yeah, exactly. I mean. I, I think a few years in the cyber world has made me incredibly paranoid to everyone and everything. Oh, I know. <laughs> so. I'm, I'm like that. I think the more and more I'm in it and, yeah, especially if I've got two young kids, it's like, oh, yes. God, it's even worse. And I, I, we did a really interesting talk last week um, with, with AI and where that's going, but also just like simple things like the smart robots and the smart and who owns that and who owns the data and the fact that they're scanning your house and they know everything you've got in your house and where you've got doors and fire doors and locks and I was just like oh like do you know what I mean like because I was even like oh I might get a robot that that'd be pretty good to clean my house and then I was like oh no because they were like well it's scanning everything it's taking all data it's learning when you're out when you're programming it you're telling it when you're on holiday and I was like like I hadn't even yeah. I just wanted to clean house I'm so Switch sorry quickly. Yeah, I know. you're like unplug unplug and I mean he made a really fair point like there's a smart kettle right but the smart kettles yeah. aren't plumbed in so how do you know if you switch it on it's got any water in it he was like you've just turned on a fire I was like ah like all these all these things I was just like and then he was like and it's great that we've got smart washing machines but who's put the washing in because if it's not loaded he was like sometimes things are too intelligent all we've done is punched a hole into our house and I was like yeah no I get I get your point yeah it's it's true everything is is, everything that you can connect to a network is hackable to to some extent and yeah it's it's so crazy it's so crazy and it all comes from good intent when people are designing these things though isn't it it's just like oh how can I make someone's life easier or get their food delivered to their fridge uh because their fridge has told them but you're just like oh yeah but that's probably got my bank details and my house address (laughs) they know which asda I shop at you know it's just yeah exactly i mean I, I look at all the tech and i'm like oh my god that is so cool yeah <laughs> look what you do. and then yeah until afterwards down the line you're like oh actually <laughs> it can do this and this and this <laughs> with satellites obviously we're yeah. learning what we need to do um whether it's encryption or firewalls or things that we you know processes place things that you do in your day-to-day in your job do you see then with the satellites they're going to need their own kind of protocols and communications and you know systems where do you see the future i guess if you're thinking of doing this as your phd and getting more into this where do you think the future of cyber is going um from what i've read 
unfortunately, the satellites are already in orbit and haven't got these security implementations already in place. We're struggling to be able to to put them in place mm. because when the satellite is created, um, every single bit of power within that satellite is um, accommodated for something. It needs to be used for something within that satellite. So they don't tend to have any extra power for example to then turn around and go actually that's that's missing a bit of uh security let's put that in place from down here yeah um, there just isn't room for it so with regards to those ones already out there we're just gonna have to wait till they come down however moving forwards people that are designing these personally i think they, they need to think of security first thinking about the worst case scenario think about a hollywood movie if you have to because mm -hmm. they always exaggerate with everything and i like to turn and look at hollywood movies and go you know if someone's thought of that who isn't in cyber that could actually really happen <laughs> i mean so, i'm just saying will smith nearly every film's coming true i'm just saying exactly just need the you know? aliens to land like it seems to be everything that he does seems to be on track and the amount of 80s films like space 80 films yes. or star wars or things like that that happen and we watched a clip the other day i don't know what film it was from i'm sure someone will tell me where the space guy is trying to get back to the spaceship but the computer or ai or whatever she's called um doesn't allow him back on the spaceship because she's detected that she's trying that he is trying to take her out basically so she like stops his oxygen and's like no you're trying to stop the mission you're trying to stop ai you're stopping and it's just like that was done in the 80s 70s like oh geez like we're not that far away so yeah i think film yeah. film is a fair is a fair way to base it it is i mean there's people with a lot of wacky ideas out there mm. like you said they are coming through we'll have terminator soon won't we <laughs> well, i industry. went to vegas in the sphere and the ai robots in there scary absolutely scary of how they could have are full they? conversation with you you say where you came from they could change their language they could change their accent moved it was super <laughs> creepy like incredible but so honestly check it out if you after this the sphere with the, the robots in Unbe unbelievable like you could tell them jokes and they could do punchlines and you could see that and obviously, the more people they're interacting with within the sphere that go to visit, the more intelligent they're becoming. Because they yeah. they're just taking on yes. more and more and more and more information. But yeah, even their features on their face, how they move, like they look like robots, but yeah, yeah, yeah. It was, yeah. yeah, it was, yeah, you could see it coming. That, yeah, that's a bit too freaky for me, I think. Mm. I'd love to go and see it. Yeah, like yeah, a... but it's just, it's just like all those things that you dream up or iRobot and all those things, you're like, oh, that's so way off. Or um, I'm watching a new Netflix program called Bodies, if anyone's not watching oh, it. Right. I'm like, I think I'm like six or seven episodes. I need it to end because it's really confusing and time jumping and all sorts. I'm not quite sure what's going on. Um, but even they're doing it in like 2050s, like the future. And they were doing like, and what they say is really, really futuristic. And I was looking at things, I'm like, oh, that's not that far off now, you know. Like you're saying that's 2050. I, I reckon that could happen in the next five years. Like what they had made the extreme future look like. And I was like, it doesn't look that extreme. Like it, I was like, it's not that far from now. Um, so yeah, I feel like you're right. Film is probably a very or people's extreme ideas are not looking that extreme anymore yeah yeah i mean anything's possible and i think we are breaking boundaries when it comes to tech and it's and it's wonderful it really is wonderful um and i love the way that everything is advancing and it does make life a lot easier for us mm. um 
but it does need protecting just like anything else it just needs looking after and because there are bank guys out there that are girls are yeah, people yeah. Who, who do want to to gain access and sometimes it's just for fun <laughs> and it's like come on try another hobby <laughs> but they do it they do it for fun they do it for there's there's white white hat hackers who do it just so then they can find the vulnerabilities but actively help the companies to fix things that they mm. can't see and but the, the like we we're saying before the the first thing it has to start with security when designing them and they have to pen test them they have to actively hack into their own satellites and see what is doable awesome. otherwise they're never going to learn and the hackers will get there before them and it's interesting isn't it because if you think about I don't know, like fire drills in our own buildings or health and safety or even if you build a house now, it's done by design for like face mm. safety features. You know, is that a fire door where, you know, what's the worst case scenario that could happen in a, in a building that you can build? Like my husband's in construction and there's all these things they have to tick off now. And now on top of that, it's all the eco side of stuff. Like we're really with that, but we don't do that from a digital perspective. It's like because it's not tangible, we don't think about it like that. Would you say that's fair? Yeah, no, that's incredibly fair. I mean, unfortunately, I think especially in a lot of big corporations, you live in a rat race. Mm. So you're trying to you get um, a customer who, who wants something being built for them. They have to, and the customer wants it tomorrow, and they've got to go through it as quickly as possible. Which is why security gets done last, um, or not or in some cases, not even at all. Yeah. Mm. Um, it, because a lot of people look at security and think of it as a blocker, and which is a, which is another thing. Which education is massive when it comes to this sort of thing as well. And um, the amount of times that you have to jump through loopholes to say, "Look, we're not stopping what you're doing. We want to help, but you need to consider us first because otherwise, we are going to actually have to stop you progressing in order for us to do our, our bit because you've gone too far, and we have to take a step back, and then it makes us look bad." <laughs> Yeah, of course. Yeah, and no one wants to stop progression or someone doing their job. I guess it's like that we really need to start with like the worst case headline or the Hollywood movie role of like, this is the worst thing that could happen. Now let's work out how we don't end there. Make sure that we protect yeah. everything on top. I appreciate it. I've taken up nearly 50 minutes of your time. Um, so to summarise about the future of space and satellites, yeah. what how would you like to summarise where and also if someone's really interested in this topic, Amanda, where would you say that there's a good place to start to to learn more or get involved or or, or maybe connect with yourself about it? Um, right, yeah. So the, the whole premise of space is going to get busier. Mm. Elon Musk has already announced that he's going to send thousands of satellites monthly from uh, next year, I think it is, in 2024. So it's going to get busier and it's it's going to make people's jobs a lot harder mm. if we let it all run away like that it'll be like a freight train it'll just keep going and keep going and keep going and then we won't be able to stop it um so i'd like to think that leaders as cheesy as it sounds across the world kind of get the heads together and go look we need to sort this out now we need to put things in place and make it mandatory that these systems are secure in order and, and also um for people that are wanting to 
have a look into this topic because it's so new it mm. is the perfect time to get involved in in it yeah so there's not many cyber roles they're starting to filter through there's not many coming up at the moment um however i'm on linkedin if anybody wants to try and get hold of me um and i can point you in the right direction there but i did find linkedin incredibly useful so i've connected with quite a few um business leaders and our space enthusiasts and engineers that equally are really, really passionate about this. And I just have talks with them. Um, I'm having a talk on Friday with an engineer who's who has done a P, I think he's doing a PhD um, in communications and signals. And it, it's just really interesting. So I, I'm, I get to speak to these sorts of people. Um, there are books that you can get through various suppliers that you can read up on, but Honestly, uh, there's loads and loads of space conferences that you can go to, especially in the UK down south. And they are incredible just to sit there and listen and just to see what's going on. If someone was listening to this and they are maybe thinking about getting cyber or maybe they're really passionate about space, why would you encourage someone to join the cybersecurity industry in, in one shape or form? Um cyber is incredibly interesting it is a industry and a topic that the goalposts keep moving constantly so you are going to be constantly challenged but in the best way possible and it'll bring out the side of you that it is quite a natural defense you want to try and protect things so the the beauty about um, my role and what i've done is i've switched it so i can help other people and i can help my family protect themselves so if they have been hacked into i can give them advice and yeah. or if they've setting up new systems or like wi-fi or whatever i can help them protect that and it's just that little bit of um, joining a battle, I think. And I've always seen it like that. I'm like, come and join the fight because mm. we need you. We we need we need diverse people. We need a range of people that would think outside of a box when it comes to this. It's a very, very unique industry to be in, but it's really exciting at the same time because it's moving so fast. So it is, it is very, very good, really, really good interest to be in. Yeah, it's like a war cry, isn't it? Like, come join us because you're going to do good. Yeah, definitely. Yeah, yeah. And there's so many roles within it as well because everyone thinks, oh, I want to be a pen tester straight away. You, you don't need to do that to be no. inside. But there's loads of roles that you could do, which you could easily fit into. And we all need that pit then people, yeah. Yeah, diverse is what we need. Yes. I think also the yeah. protection thing, I'm waving the flag for women, but I definitely think we're very naturally maternal. So we naturally want to protect and and look after yeah. our own and and keep the nest safe i think that's just in our dna so i do think that's why i'm going to definitely continue to wave the flag to get more of us women involved because that's just what we do by default isn't it <laughs> protect yeah definitely yeah i'm a massive advocate obviously of women in cyber and yeah i, I i'm actually um a part of um, ambassadors where we go around schools and try and get Amazing. the next generation of girls into cyber so hopefully we'll get the next generation up there as well that'd be perfect amanda thank you so much for your time that was thank fascinating i feel like i need to learn a lot more about satellites though. a little bit Sorry. scary a little bit scary <laughs> no worries i'm just gonna chill out and make sure there's no satellite falling on my head i didn't realize how many i didn't realize how many were out in space yeah there's, there's so there's many thousands. Thousands, it's ridiculous. Wow. So 1957, we started off with just sending two, and now we've got 
thousands, tens of thousands. It's, and he, it's he almost it wants to send a thousand, how many do you get, a year? No, a month. To do yeah, what? a month. What would, monthly. What would a thousand uh, do? Yeah, well, um, so he has his um, Starlink satellites. So the majority of them are just communications. I don't okay. even know why he's sending them up there. <laughs> I'm like, I don't, I don't understand how it's going to benefit us. Or does it benefit just yeah. America? I have no idea. But, yeah, they're all communications. But it wasn't that long ago. And he was like, yeah, I'm going to be sending up thousands a month for next year. And I was like, where are you going to put them? <laughs> Probably just to control everyone's cars, isn't it? Yeah, probably. <laughs> yeah. Something else to hack into, isn't it? Oh, hack into the car to get to the satellite. That's, that's a whole... Well, I mean, if it's di- like you said, if it's a direct connection to the wire, who be, yeah. knows? That's very freaky. It's, it's a way in, isn't it? Don't it think is outside the box, these things. <laughs> Amanda, thank you so much. Absolute pleasure. hope you all really enjoyed listening to that episode i'm a little bit scared if i'm not you know going to be honest sounds like there's an awful lot of satellites hovering around my head and there's gonna be an awful lot more um but i think it's great that we've got people like amanda that are really interested in this topic and connecting and people are trying to think about security from design i mean we have only really touched on it very tiny about outer space and the critical importance of safeguarding our space-based assets. This podcast really addressed the challenges posed by, you know, graveyard satellites, the potential of hacking and highlights the need for international cooperation and the fact that it can't be just left to see what happens because it could be very scary. On this, I'm hoping there's going to be new legal frameworks and most importantly, that advanced cybersecurity measures are put into place to continually make sure that we are all safe, functioning, but also that the satellites around us can be something for good and not something that people can use against us. I hope you enjoyed this. If anyone else is interested in this topic, I would love to hear more and be educated once again. Thank you so much for listening to The Core Podcast. I hope you join in to another episode soon.